Good evening, everyone, and welcome to our very first uh, podcast for My Spectrum Life. My name is Jessica. And I'm Kelsey. Good evening. And uh, we're so happy you're here with us tonight. Um, this is something very new for us, and we hope that you enjoy getting to know us and our stories. Um, I myself am an autism mom. Um, can't see it. Well, here. My mama bear shirt, or <laughs> not shirt, my mug <laughs> to start with. Um, and, uh, Kelsey is, uh, currently a teacher and she was our ABA therapist for a while. For a long time. Um, yeah, actually. I, for a very long time. Fell in love with your family, fit right on in and helped your son, um, make some tremendous gains. Yes. He's so thank actually, you for having me. Appreciate it. Yep. And she's going to be with us. She's going on this journey with me the whole time. Um, She's my co-host, my cohort in crime, <laughs> as I say. <laughs> but um, anyway, so I thought our tonight would probably be a good time to give our origin story. I mean, yes, I can say that my family is big into Star Wars and Marvel and superheroes. So my first thought was, okay, why in the world would we, we be qualified to do this? And so that would be our origin story. <laughs> now, you were telling me yesterday or the day before the new, newest statistic on um, autism? Yes. Um, so one of the newest research came in, um, one in 58 um, kids have autism and it's still prevalent in boys. Wow. So either the criteria of um, finding kids with autism is narrowing or <laughs> um, there is something else causing it, which will be a later topic later on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and one of the things that, you know, we'll be watching the research and stuff, but one of the basic things and most important things that we see is, does it really matter what caused it? We've got to live. You got to live. Right. We got to, right. we can't just, you know, try to survive every day. We need to thrive. And how can we do that? Right. Um, how can we help our kids sur th th survive? There we go. That's a new word. Survive. <laughs> <laughs> So my first contact with autism came when I was in high school. Um, I was babysitting um, a little boy who's about three years old. And um, I remember being told that uh, he was non-communicative and that he was autistic and he would just grunt at me all day. And so I spent the day with him and um, he was still in diapers, um, which, you know, it, that doesn't matter at all. But one of the most interesting things I saw was he went up, we were watching TV and he went up to the TV and it was on the floor. So of course it was his height and he took his finger and he went like this at one of those points where there was an address from right to left, exactly as you would with um, the letters and stuff like he was reading. And I thought that was just the most interesting thing ever. And, you know, so it just kind of, I was awed by that. Um, and, you know, was really struggling, but doing my best to try to understand him that day. And that was my very first contact with autism. What about you, Kelsey? Um, I was in college looking for a job. Um, one of my friends said, hey, we need you to be a personal care assistant um, for two twin boys. Um, and I said, all right. So I walked in and over the months they had ABA come in and I kind of looked at the mom and I said, what's ABA? And so she goes, it's therapy for my kids. My kids have autism. 
fell in love right in there. And I just kind of moved forward with it. Um, these kids were high functioning that you would have never even known unless the mother told me. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's, and that's kind of common um, with high functioning. Um, it's, it's one of those, what they might call a silent disability. Mm-hmm. Um, so now my son um, is autistic. He was born healthy um, and he was high functioning. So it was very difficult to get that diagnosis. Um, He was actually not even diagnosed until he was seven years old. And so that, you know, in and of itself, I skipped all of that. Wasn't able to get the early prior. Yeah. The, the early intervention. Um, I do remember when he was younger, some of those, now that I look back, you can see some of those telltale signs, like one of his, very first toys that he had in his hand constantly was this little Thomas the train that had one of those buttons that you push on top and it said something all the time. And so he kept pushing it and pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. You know, usually you can get your toddler to stop pushing the button. Not the case, (laughs) but he fell in love with Thomas the train. We had to have Thomas the train, everything. Then we moved on to dinosaurs, which is very common, right? Yep. Um, currently, and I think he's stuck with um, our favorite little guy, Stitch. I love um, Stitch. He loves Stitch. So, but you know, that was one of those um, interesting things. And I remember one day while he was playing with his Thomas the Train over there in the corner, I thought he was deaf. Um, and so I purposely, you know, he's paying attention to his toy, and I'm across the way, and I purposely said Cardiff, and I wasn't very loud. And then I progressively got louder and about the fourth or fifth time he actually looked at me. And so it was like, okay, well, he's not deaf. So I don't know what's going on. Um, and then of course, when he learned to walk, he started to lope. that. Um, oh, can you explain what elopement is? Um, elopement is the escape out of a room. Okay. Yeah. That's that fancy word. Um, Elope. You're escaping. Yep. yep. Um, and sometimes it does help to have those fancy words. Um, but, um, when he was about four years old, um, uh, in Sunday school, a friend of ours said, you know, he keeps covering his ears and stuff at church with odd noises. You should get that checked out. And so we did. And the doctor said, he has got amazing hearing. There's no problems. Hmm. I'm like, okay. So what is this? Right. Um, I, and you know, you keep going through things like, um, in, in kindergarten. Right. Oh, it was the first year in kindergarten when you don't know what's going on. It was such a struggle. It is a struggle. Um, we couldn't sit in a chair. We couldn't mm. uh, be in a group and interact very well with others. Um, he, we worked with a school counselor, but we just could not get a, an idea of how to help him. Right. Um, and I think one of my first, you know, I, I've been kind of, at times um, disillusioned with the educational system, but it's because that there, sometimes it's difficult to get what you need. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was my first, I think, real big issue was when um, I was told in kindergarten, oh, even though he knows his ABCs and he knows all of his work perfectly, you need to hold him back because he's immature. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I was very upset. So um, we pulled him out of, uh, public, uh, well, we pulled them out of what's called a brick and mortar school and went to a right. virtual online school. Um, 
and uh, was able to, that gave us the um, freedom to go and get the appointments because mm-hmm. when you get on the journey with autism and the therapy that you have to go to, you mm-hmm. find that those after school appointments are, are slim to none. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so um, we, uh, we were able to get into some of those earlier appointments. And our first diagnosis was um, ADHD combined okay. type. Okay. Um, and sensory processing disorder. Oh, the one that is more, even more uncommon. Yes. And that one was like, well, I've heard of ADHD because my, um, I had a, I have a stepson and, um, I have two stepsons actually, but one of my stepsons have, has ADHD, takes medication right. and stuff. And so I was like, okay, I, I think I know how to handle this. Maybe. Um, I did make sure that when my pediatrician, um, recommended a book called taking charge of ADHD, I did get, pick it up from Amazon. and <laughs> started reading that. So I'd know what's going on. Hey Jess, what um, is ADHD? Um, at, let's see, attention deficit, hyperactive, hyperactive disorder. disorder. So what does that mean? Does it mean that he can't pay attention or is it just means he just has a lot of energy to cause, um, for him, it's both. Okay. He can, he, it, it's hard for, to hold his attention for any okay. span. Um, I mean, I was lucky to get uh, that first year in first grade. I was lucky to get seven to 10 minutes out of him paying wow. attention to a lesson. On, wow. On, considering awesome. we, you know, last year we were getting what, uh, 50, uh, almost 30 minutes or so of him. Right. Still. Right. That's a progression. That is a progression. And it's a slow progression because he's 11 mm-hmm. now. And during that time, it was, well, you said he was to be in about six or seven. So that's almost four years to go from mm-hmm. 10 minutes to 30 okay. minutes. And that's between what he had OT, PT, ABA. Mm-hmm. What else did he have? We had PCIT. Okay. So I guess we probably better explain all the uh, yeah, acronyms. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. So you can have acronym soup wherever you go in life. Um, <laughs> Um, so PCIT is parent child interaction, uh, okay. therapy. Okay. So we began, that was one of the first things we began, um, at the medical university of, uh, South Carolina when we were first diagnosed because they knew that the wait list for ABA or that's your, that's your, uh, applied behavior analysis. <laughs> yes. Well, they knew that that wait list, those wait lists can be so incredibly long. And so we started with the PCIT, okay. um, which is actually the protocol that we were following there in the therapy sessions was is actually some of what was recommended in the ADHD book that my pediatrician um, had wow. recommended. Wow. So that what is the name the of the book? book that she recommended. Taking charge of ADHD. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Uh, this has been a, this has been a good help. Um, then. The other thing that we were able to get to almost immediately was um, occupational therapy. Okay. And that was for the sensory processing disorder. That's for gross motor skills is not your, no, for fine motor skills. OT's fine motor for fine. skills mm-hmm. and for any of his sensory issues. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, when I went in there for OT, I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. Thankfully, our first therapist said to understand that get this book, which is the out of sync child. That's a good by, book. 
Yes, it is. Um, I read this and I was like, oh, I get it. It really and takes I, you in the mind frame of somebody mm -hmm. who has that sensory processing disorder. So you're actually looking through their lens because right. um, sensory process disorder is so mimicked by other um, behaviors of another diagnosis that you oftentimes miss it. And a lot of times some of their anger or some of the things that you're seeing mm -hmm. is because they're not getting that input for mm -hmm. their own body and they don't have a way to communicate with you. Right. And one of the things that I found almost immediately is my son does not fall in the sensory seeking. Right. Or the, there's like two different categories. He does not fall in one of them. It depends on his day. Today. Yep. It swings. Minute by minute. <laughs> sometimes, you know, sometimes you can come right around him and give him a big bear hug. That'll calm him down. And then five minutes later, he's like, don't touch me. So, I'm done. Thanks. <laughs> so I, you know, it can be difficult to, to handle. Um, but those two, those two books were the first two that I tackled that really helped me. Um, but, oh, um, but yeah, it was, um, it was a while before we got, um, uh, oh yeah. Oh, sorry. It says down there that um, my husband's on the other side of telling me um, what to <laughs> say. Um, the links for those books, if you are interested, um, will be in the show notes following at myspectrumlife.com um, with this episode. So you can look with there um, if you want a greater understanding um, of that. But that's, you know, some of the topics that we will be tackling at um, a later date. Um, yep. But yeah, um, one of the things that... No, go ahead. One of the things that um, was, you know, after getting that, um, you know, going through and starting the OT, which we actually started OT before um, we got the autism diagnosis. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, because that was um, getting into occupational therapy at a place with that had a sensory gym was a lot easier than getting approved for ABA therapy. Wow. It's... Wow. Which seems shocking considering there was, gosh, in South Carolina where we were, there was only like maybe one or two places with sensory. Mm -hmm. It's a very slow moving. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, so, but then when we got the autism, autism diagnosis, it was, um, it was, you know, it, it can be, it can be very frustrating. How do you feel? Well, it wasn't really a shock. Okay. You know, I knew going in that I'd seen and read enough, done a little bit of um, that bad research on your own where you go on to Google and you try to diagnose yourself. Yeah, done enough of that um, and just kind of seen some of the different things. And I was right. like, you know, it wasn't too much of a shock, but it was also kind of a, I don't know, it just, it kind of blows your way at the same time mm -hmm. because you start to realize, you know, things are not going to be the same. Right. But you're also My, able to get the same, the help that he needed at the same time though. Mm -hmm. With, with that 14 page diagnostic paperwork, which, you know, that's one of the things you have to have. Right. Um, you, you need to have that. Um, you could start to get the um, services that you need, but you know, one of the things I do want to encourage people to understand is once you get 
once you get that diagnosis, it, it's a, um, it can be a roller coaster of emotions. It really On is. one hand, you have answers. On the other hand, your, your kid's labeled. Yeah. And, and it doesn't matter how hard you try to get away from that label. It it's always going to be follow. there. Mm -hmm. um, and society but, doesn't know how to take it. Mm -mm. Society's like, oh, you have autism. Oh, I'm going to have to stay away as if I'm going to catch it. I'm like, uh, nope. Yeah, no, it's not. It's uh, not no. Cool. No. Um, nope. But, you know, I I decided to um, embrace the positive because I was going down a different path, which would lead to a different and un different unique um, adventure. Right. And um, I didn't want to, you know, oh, woe is me. There's autism. We can't do this and that. And, and granted, sometimes, you know, some days, yeah, it's like that. Mm -hmm. To be honest, <laughs> there are days when there's, there, when there's lots of meltdowns and stuff. And um, what is a meltdown, by the way? Okay. So a meltdown, there's two different things. A temper tantrum is when you can still reason with the child. Yep. And they just are doing their thing. A meltdown is when it starts, it may usually, you know, with my child, it starts as a temp temper tantrum, but then he just falls off the edge and there's absolutely no, no reason. Yep. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's just throwing out words, kicking and screaming, doing all these things. And at that point, you just, you just kind of have to make sure he's safe mm -hmm. and back down. So it's, it's, it's two different things there. Yep. Um, but yeah, you know, there's days when you have multiple meltdowns and stuff and you're like, okay, go to bed. Cause I need to go to bed too. <laughs> and you're like, please just, I need another day. It, right. it is hard, but, um, you know, you also can't, if you don't, I just want, I guess I want to say, you know, encourage people, autism moms, autism parents and guardians out there. You can't wallow in the, and the negativity. Mm -hmm. You got to just keep going because the one thing is, you're the only person that's going to advocate for your child. Mm -hmm. And there are so many ways to do that, um, which we'll be looking into um, different things. We'll try to be giving people information about how to advocate for your child, how to help yeah. your child, how to help those around your child yep. to understand. Without <laughs> manipulating the environment. Yes, 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 that's true. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's good days and there's bad days. All of us have them. And just go so, with it. Be yep. flexible as possible. Yes, that is, is one of the biggest things is flexibility. And even trying to teach a person with autism how to be flexible is tough. Mm -hmm. As you have learned so much about. Yep. It's yeah. a condition versus unconditioned. There's a difference between being flexible and having a routine. You can still have a routine and still be flexible. Um, right. And we'll go more into detail with that. Um, but you don't want your child to be conditioned to a certain set of skills or a set of environment. And then when he something does go wrong, he has no way to handle it. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's what ABA does. And that's what I do as a registered behavior technician and a special education teacher. Right. I um, go out and I'm like, look, this is what you're struggling with. I'm going to put you in that environment and I'm going to help you cope 
with it? How, what mm -hmm. are the self-regulation skills that you have to be able to overcome some of these? So when it happens again, you can still go on with your routine without melting you know. down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> In the middle of Target or Walmart right. or what have you. <laughs> right. I mean, even even this morning, just this morning. So as you can see, my background behind me is my kitchen and this little microphone here is attached to my kitchen table and I'm actually sat, I'm sitting in my son's chair. So when he came down to have breakfast this morning, it was in his way. So yeah. he tried to, he, he was, he tried to calmly just take it off and put it down and be really careful with everything. And then he was going to try to put it back up, but it wasn't quite working. So I came in and I'm like, no, 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 don't touch that. That's uh, okay. I'll just yeah, take it. Okay. There. No big deal. Yep. You yep. know, I had to recognize as a parent, okay, that probably wasn't the best thing to leave that there. Mm -hmm. So I can't get too mad at him for taking it right. off. It's constantly, your guys are constantly adjusting and mm -hmm. you're constantly um, uh, finding the common balance between everything. So he's not only thinking, okay, well, can I be flexible at this? But you're also thinking, I have to be flexible with this mm -hmm. as well. You're choosing your battles without... Yes but you're still keeping the rules into play and still keeping the same routine in play without making a big deal out of everything. Right. Mm -hmm. right. <laughs> it, can, it can go into something like that. So it can, it can. I mean, with any family, I mean, I've oh, seen yeah. it even in my teaching there's sometimes I'm just like, can you please move? Because I know that one of my students are going to talk to another student, I'm like, okay, I really do need you to be quiet during a test. All right, let me go ahead and move it. And I'll ask them to move. And they're like, well, I wasn't talking. And I'm just like, I'm protecting you. Can you please move? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I'm like, let me, let me, let me protect you and move. So you're not failing a test because you want to talk because exactly. you have a hard time not talking. Cause part of some of these kids with autism, sometimes talking is them to relieve some of their own anxiety. Mm -hmm. And so I see that sometimes. And when I'm teaching, like during notes and class discussion, I'm fine with it. But when you have to take yeah. a test, I'm going to separate you. Yeah. And so. Yeah, that's talking in class. Oh, that's one of those crazy things. Um, they It can technically be called scripting, especially if you're mm -hmm. um, repeating movie lines. Yep. Chris has an, an uncanny knack for scripting the absolute worst lines together. <laughs> Oh man, and we're <laughs> laughing because, um, gosh, okay. You worked with us for what? Two and a half, almost three years. Almost three years. Yeah. So in that time, you know, we'd watch a movie and then all of a sudden I get a message home from a teacher. He said this in class. Oh, Oh, it's from star Wars. My bad. It's from like <laughs> a movie. My bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or was the best one? The one that was Jurassic park. Oh yeah. I think so. Probably. It's just, I mean, it's, ours. Yep. yes, or, or act like, uh, oh, oh, yes. Oh, and we had to go over, that's one of the things he had to go over, uh, saying inappropriate things in public, mm -hmm. things that have two meanings. Right. Um, so being a boy and um, having a can of mixed nuts in the cupboard. And, um, Oh yes, you remember this, don't you? <laughs> so we're um we're trying to find it. He was trying to find the can of mixed nuts and he couldn't find them. 
And so he goes outside and yells as loud as he can in the neighborhood. I can't find my nuts. I'm like, oh. Oh, you can't say that, buddy. <laughs> and he comes running back in the house. I'm like, Curtis, you can't say that like that out in public because that's that's not that's referring to something different. Uh, okay, he didn't really understand. He ran and I showed him where they were in the cupboard. Comes back outside, Daddy, I found my nuts. I was like, hon. Oh, okay. We we got to teach you. We got to have uh, a conversation with We got to have a conversation with that. And <laughs> I mean, even then, um, we have it still in the classroom today. Mm -hmm. um, even my middle school, high schoolers still have it. Those dual meetings. And you just kind of look at them like, um, you can't say that. Why? Well, let's have this conversation and what you're two different. You, you got to talk about context. And a yes. lot of times kids with autism, they don't pick up the full context of things. Mm -hmm. They're very literal. This is what I mean. This is what it is. I'm sorry that you don't get the rest of it. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. Idioms. They are such Idioms. wonderful things. Oh, on the, um, driving the up a wall. Really? You're really driving up a wall? No. Yeah. No. No, no. Um, but yeah, no, it's, um, there's so many things that we've come across on this journey of autism and ABA. And, you know, we'd find these little tiny things almost daily that right. we needed to work on. Right. So, and we, we'd work them back into our ABA protocol and keep working on them. And, um, even though now we're what couple States away from each other, we still know what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's one thing that, you know, sometimes some people will say, oh, EBA is so horrible. You shouldn't do EBA because you're forcing your child to blah, blah, blah. Well, there's good ABA and there's bad ABA. Mm. And again, you have, have to advocate for your child and find the yeah. right balance. Right. Um, and that's one of the things that I was so thankful for the company that you were working for, with, for and the BCBA that I was working with and with you how we were able to work in, okay, these are the things that we're actually finding and, and how we could work together to find the right program that would make the best um, difference for, for Curtis. And, and we'll have some tips and tricks on that, on how to. Um, I have a question. Yes, ma'am. We talked about a whole bunch of different therapies. Mm -hmm. How do you um, suggest somebody who, who parents are working double jobs or a single single parent family and they are working a 40 hour job. How do you, um, what would you give them to be able to schedule all these therapies? Because we talked about PT, OT, ABA and ABA in itself is 25 hours a week, right. let alone OT, what, two to three hours and PT two to three hours. So what would you, mm -hmm. how would you, what kind of tips would you give to the, some of these parents who work or a single well, household family? Well, one of the things that um, you can do is there are a lot of these therapies that your school system are actually required to offer you if uh, your child meets the protocol. And so you can ask for those and can. It is your right to ask for any testing that you need to have done. Um, I myself would just moved here to um, Tennessee and our IEP came up and we decided to have, you know, full gamut of testing done so we could see what exact therapies we needed to have done. And um, we're going through some of those um, this weekend and next week um, to have them go through. And it's all done through the school system. Um, now, there are some of them that you won't qualify uh, for 
by the school, you know, category. Like, mm-hmm. for instance, for the longest time, at least in the state of South Carolina, my son does not qual- qualify for OT in the school system in those definitions. Right. However, um, he does still need OT. And so, you know, I myself, because I don't, um, I homeschool my kids through the online, um, virtual online public school. I make sure that I take those appointments that are during the day to free up some of those afternoon appointments for people Mm -hmm. who need those, you know, and and sometimes there are some places that will have some later hours that will let you get in there. Um, So it's just about, you know, and just do what you can do, Right. you know, don't beat yourself up if you can't get every single therapy in and every single extracurricular activity. Um, You know, it's hard. It really is hard to make all those appointments. And um, I mean, even for me and my my poor little girl, it drives us nuts because I mean, she's thank goodness she's a good reader. She spends a lot of time in waiting rooms, waiting on her brother. Right. And um, and that's another thing that we're going to talk about. Um, right. Is helping siblings. Mm-hmm. Because Their point of view and how they help each other and how. Mm-hmm much patience they have to have. Yeah. Well, and the one, one thing that scares me to death is um, knowing that in the future, you know, eventually my kids are going to be left without me, you Mm -hmm. know, so how, you know, my, one of my things is I want to make sure that my son is able to cope well enough to function, to be independent, to be independent. Um, but he also needs to be able to reach out to his siblings and I hope and pray that his siblings will be, um, will be kind enough to be there for him. I'm sure they will be. Yeah. Well, his sister will be, I know that for sure. Oh, for sure. And I might be able to twist his older brother's arms too. Um, <laughs> but, um, anyway, let's see. Um, I think that kind of, so what is the point of my spectrum life? Why, why, why are we starting this? Well, what I wanted to do was um, I've always wanted to bring out. And uh, the biggest thing is to bring awareness to the community. Awareness is right. Yep. Because so many people are not aware of um, what it is. Right. Because now there's a saying with autism. When you've seen one person with autism, you've seen one person, person with autism. That's right. They're all different. Exactly. Every single one of them. It is, it is a spectrum. There's a reason yes. why it's called a spectrum disorder because mm-hmm. there are so many differences. Um, and so I wanted to make sure that people would know that, you know, nonverbal is not the only type of autism. Right. You know, most people can be tend to be more familiar with autism being labeled as a nonverbal child or adult. It's not, not. it really isn't. Um, How does, okay. So we have a question. How does a parent go about requesting testing with the school, especially one who appears to be neurotypical? (laughs) Um, You want to go ahead? Kelsey, you're the educator. (laughs) Um, so there's a system. So what you're ultimately going to do is you're going to reach out to the teacher. Hopefully teachers already 
reached out to you saying, hey, these are some of the behaviors or some of the repetition um, mm -hmm. that we're seeing within the classroom, because sometimes they're not behaviors, they're just repetitive. Um, and he's not succeeding or he or she is not succeeding. So what you're going to do is they are supposed to reach out to you. If not, you can reach out to the um, teacher and request a psychological uh, psychologist to come out and do a FBA, which is a functional behavior assessment, where they come out and observe. And from there, they can get the appropriate labels that they need and you can move forward to potentially get an IEP or a 504 plan to help them out. So it's mm -hmm. advocating and asking the teacher and asking the right to have an FBA done. Right. And that functional behavior analysis was very important for us. Um, very good question. That was a real good Yeah, question. that was a great question. Um, and that, um, you know, I, don't be afraid of those. In, in that instance, when it comes to the medical community and getting the testing done that you need to have done, those don't be afraid of labels there. Use yep. labels for your advantage in that set that setting. Yep. You want to use it there because the more you use the jargon mm -hmm. of the educational system or the medical community, it's amazing how doors open up and yep. people are like, they know what they're talking about. We can't josh them around. No, I mean, and that's one another one, another time I think that we something we need to um uh, another topic I was going to talk to you about is me and my binders. <laughs> oh, my husband is shaking his head across there. He's, he's helping us produce this and, and Kelsey is laughing, but oh, my organized binders. Mm, they helped me so much, um, you know, and being able to tick and, and, you know, highlight and stuff and do that research within mm -hmm. those reports, bringing that jargon will help you. So, um, We'll see about going over uh, how you can organize your information so that and you have a jargon <laughs> podcast. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> we need to have our little flashcards instead of the ABAs. We're going to learn the, um, the jargon of ABA and jargon of the medical educational field. Yes, exactly. And you'll be surprised what kind of doors it opens up for it you. It opens a lot of doors. It really, it really does. does. So. You know, that's, you know, and that's exactly what we want to do is to be able to answer your questions, um, help you get the testing in and things that you need, um, suggest the places. Um, we're going to try and get some uh, guests on to um, the ABCs of autism. That's right. There we go. There we go. ABCs of autism. That's what it'll be. Love that. Um, Love it. Um, but, you know, getting that information out there. Um, getting some interesting information about, you know, maybe some different um, sensory tools. Mm -hmm. um, some sensory items that have worked for my kid, but may or may not Might work not for your work kid. Because yep. they're all different. So, but that's, that's what we're going to be here for. And that's what we're wanting to do. Awesome. So when is our next one? So I think we can, we scheduled our next one for right now because we wanted to make sure and see what um, the response would be okay. um, and see how people respond and if they, you know, if they'd like it, if they want to, you know, continue on. We're, we're going to go every other week. So it'll be February 24th, if I'm not mistaken. February 24th. February 24th. Okay. Yeah, I was, I was going right off the top of my head. I didn't scroll down on my 
I have my Google Docs right here. <laughs> um, but that'll be our next one. Let's see some of the other topics that we thought about. Well, I thought about um, one thing that has helped us is a service dog. We have a little service dog. Yep. Little Chewy, he's awesome. And we can tell you about him. Um, I think we pretty much talked about. And any, I, anytime you have an idea that you would like to discuss or something you want to know about, uh, please submit into us via email at info at myspectrumlife.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, glad, we'll be glad to um, check those out. Um, you can go to our webpage, which is myspectrumlife.com. Um, there are links there. There'll be the show notes there, um, and that'll contain the links of the items, the books that we talked about tonight. Um, and anytime that we talk about anything that could be a help to you, we'll go ahead and throw those links up there. And we also have a Facebook page and an Instagram and Twitter. Yes. So you can find yes, us on the Facebook do. page and Twitter and Instagram and follow us through that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Derek does a wonderful job in spreading the word on social media. So you're always up to date. So we thank you. Um, mm-hmm. And just like us, interest, hit the star on Facebook and say you like us and it'll always pop up on your newsfeed. Mm-hmm. And uh, please uh, like and subscribe to our channel here on YouTube. Um, by doing that, we know that um, you want us, you want to, us to continue with this. And we are just more than happy and we just want to bring awareness to the community. Um, and, you know, create not only a community of everybody else who sees us in, you know, trying to deal with our children in the middle of the grocery store or something like that, um, dealing with that kind of issue. But also we want to um, have a, um, we want to create community amongst us as those who are part of the autism ADHD special needs community, because um, we want to encourage each other because the journey is not easy yeah. and it's a journey it's a journey it is it is well thank you so, chad appreciate yes, it thank you so much um, <laughs> well i think that's about it for tonight it I is i enjoyed it i enjoyed talking with you I enjoyed showing yeah. the information and guys thank you so much for um coming out and interacting with us and i look forward to know more about curtis and your journey and learn more about you as we go through this um with that being said a lot of faith fidget toys and (laughs) no with a lot of faith love and fidget toys toys. i had it backwards (laughs) my bad (laughs) we will make it (laughs) blooper all right Good night, everyone. Thank you so much. Bye.